Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode that's about to hit your ears. I hope you get something important from it. hope you learn something from myself and from my co-host and from our guest today. I just want to remind you guys real quick before you dive into this episode that the Energy Fitness Podcast is sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, which you can find anywhere that you buy books. The Energy Fitness Podcast is also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania, where we offer yoga, bar, kettlebell, and other fitness classes, as well as nutrition coaching and personal training. We are also sponsored by the Old Road Farm, a regenerative local to us farm in Washington, Pennsylvania. And again, I'm your host, Trenton Sweet, and I'm a personal trainer, I'm a fitness trainer, gym owner, author podcaster and I welcome you back to the show and I really hope that you get something important from this episode just like I did so enjoy what's up everybody I was gonna start this a little bit later but uh, you're probably gonna hear the ducks in the background they're playing in the pond right now so I was gonna wait for them to be done with their uh, their afternoon swim but uh they're taking their time today so excuse the the ducks over there um today's episode is going to be about fat loss and just to start with um caitlin and i are going to dive deeper into calories and nutrition on a podcast in the future so don't get caught on the wheels here i'm mostly going to talk about fat loss the calories play a part in that so i'm going to put the basics out there and let caitlin who's the holistic nutritionist dive deeper on them Uh, in an upcoming episode and also you can revert back to the episode on prioritizing proper nutrition Um, there's also a deeper dive on macronutrients and micronutrients there so just to start with fat loss is actually a pretty complicated topic Uh, i'm going to do my best to not go too deep on anything you know nobody here really needs to you know or wants to know probably the deep you know biology and chemistry that goes into it but there's there's quite a bit that does go into it like i said i'm gonna try to keep it pretty surface so that uh, you know it's digestible and everybody can take in what they need from this so um, and i say fat loss not weight loss because when we talk about weight loss more often than not people are also losing muscle mass and potentially even bone density as well we just want to lose fat because fat is what makes us look curvy in places that we don't want to look curvy right so that's what we're going to talk about today and like i said um, in a later episode caitlin and i are going to go a lot deeper on nutrients macro and micro you know some other particulars on calories um i am going to touch on calories a good bit to start with though so like i said i could bore everyone with the more complex biology and science behind calories burning fat and the like could talk about the krebs cycle and adp to atp the oxidative respiration the 10,000 plus enzyme and chemical reactions that go into you know just living that you know make up your metabolism day to day but i won't because i think that's not why most people are listening today so um We will touch on a couple more complicated functions like TEF, which is thermic effect of food, Um, metabolic adaptation as your body composition changes, how you burn the most calories, what calories are, and what foods make up what calories and how they work, etc. So let's start there with the basics. So what is a calorie? Basically, a calorie is a measurement of energy, and each macronutrient, protein, carbohydrates, and fat have a measurement for the amount of calories that is in each gram, right? So, start with carbs. Everybody is afraid of carbs. I'm not going to say there's a good reason to be afraid of carbs, but I'm going to say that there's a lot of discrepancies in carbs. So, carbs basically through glycolysis um, get converted into glycogen except for fructose fructose is a carbohydrate that almost always goes directly into body fat so you want to stay away from fructose okay that's a good place to start stay away from fructose if you got fructose in your diet and you know about it um, especially if it's a processed fructose like high uh, high fructose corn syrup 
you know, something of that nature, um, I would suggest uh, lowering that. So a carb is, you know, it's four grams, I'm sorry, four calories per gram of carbohydrate. Again, that's the measurement, how much energy it takes basically to get the nutrients from that carbohydrate. And when you digest a carb, we're talking about the thermic effect of food. Carbohydrates have about a five to 10% thermic effect, which means that about five to 10% of the calories from carbs are actually used digesting them, right? So that means if you eat 100 carbs, um, five to 10% of those are used in digestion. So not that those are throwaway calories, but that's one of those nuances in calorie deficit, you know, the whole calorie in, calorie out concept. That's one of those nuances that um, should be considered. Um, protein, protein is my go-to. I'm always telling people to get more protein. And one of the reasons why is because protein does not hardly ever get converted into body fat. It's very, very unlikely for protein to get converted into body fat. The only way that happens is if that's you're only eating protein. Your body still needs to put some body fat on the reserves, especially if you are you know, in a calorie excess and it's all protein. Protein, when your body breaks it down, you're getting amino acids, right? We've talked about this in other podcasts. If you consume 100 grams of protein, you're getting about 50 grams of amino acids. And some of it does go into glycogen, but most of it goes into muscle protein synthesis. So building muscle, repairing muscle, you know, things of that nature. About 20 to 30% of your protein is actually used in that thermic effect that I was talking about. So 20 to 30% is used in digestion. Like I said, it's really unlikely for any of it to be stored as fat. So if you are eating 200 grams of protein today, there's a chance that, you know, 30% of those calories basically aren't counting, right? And I, and I say that with air quotes, obviously you can't see me, but fat, um, you're created by the beta oxidation, Krebs cycle, ATP, et cetera. The fat breaks down and about 3% of fat is about 3% of the calories from fat is what it costs the thermic effect for digestion. So fat is the easiest for your body to break down. Um, protein is the most difficult and that's because you're getting the amino acids from it. Um, so in other words, if you have a, if you're eating paleo or carnivore or keto or, you know, low carb, something like that, um, fat mostly ends up, you know, in your muscle for your muscle and inside of your fibers for ADP to ATP. Um, you're getting a lot of, a lot of action out of that fat. Um, actually less fat that you're eating gets stored as body fat than does with carbohydrates. Um, that's, you know, that goes way deep in our ancestry. But so you don't want a lot of your calories to come from carbohydrates. And if a lot of your calories are coming from carbohydrates, um, I highly suggest that they're fruits, maybe some non-sweet fruits like zucchini and squash, you know, pumpkin, some shit like that, some tubers, you know, some things that um, have a good nutrient compound there. And just to note here, there's a good bit of individual variability so experimentation and persistence is going to be key for you because some people have an easier time breaking down carbohydrates and even protein and <clears throat> excuse me and so the way that your body actually takes whatever diet that you're leaning into um, it's going to depend on you a lot um, like fiber for example fiber is non-digestible for most of our population fiber just goes in and goes out you know that's what makes you know people who eat a lot of vegetables and fiber they have big poops it's basically just waste your body can't digest it so all the nutrients is in that fiber which count as carbohydrates um, by the way the more fiber you're getting the more you're pooping um, i want to say that uh, the American Heart Association or maybe NIH, one of them says that you should have about 25 grams of fiber a day. Um, and to be honest, the, the studies and the verification on that are, are pretty meek at best, um, being how you just shit it out. Uh, there's actually a lot of evidence that a lot of fiber might be causing some gut issues that you have and making it harder for you to absorb other nutrients. So 
you know, experiment on yourself here, obviously, because um, it, it does vary to a considerable amount between person to person. There's a really great book. Um, I think it's called The Eat for Your Type. It's about your DNA and you know, your DNA plays a pretty big role in the type of uh, gut microbiome you have. People who maybe their ancestors for thousands of years ate more of a plant-based diet then they're actually going to do okay eating more fiber their body's got the right enzymes and <clears throat> excuse me the right microbiome in their gut to help them digest more of those plant foods and get more nutrients out of those plant foods um, like for me you know I, I know my blood type and my blood type says basically I sh was something that I already know from experimentation, but more of an animal-based diet with, you know, red meats from ruminant animals, um, very little, if any, dairy, um, you know, eggs are okay for me, you know, some fish, you know, some birds, stuff like that, you know, like you can hear the ducks in the background, that's where, uh, you know, the robust amount of the eggs that I eat come from, are from some little ducklings over there. And so that's, that's a good book to check out if you want to. Um, like I said, it, you're going to have to experiment, though. I experimented for years trying to figure out what diet was going to work best for me. And through lots of experimentation, lots of reading, um, lots of failing, I found that for me, um, like an animal-based diet is 100% the best for me, where I get you know the bulk of my nutrients and my caloric intake come from you know, animals. Uh, I do eat quite a bit of fruit. When I snack, I'm snacking on fruit. I try my best to do in season, um, but I'm not going to go too deep on that. Uh, anyways, yeah, so there's your, the thermic effect. And so your calories are coming from your food, right? And I'm going to touch on this a little bit more later, but you want to think of it like a budget, okay? If you're a good financial person, this is going to make a lot of sense to you. Your calories are essentially the income okay um, and the way that you spend these calories primarily your resting metabolic rate or your RMR makes up about 50 to 70 percent of your daily calorie burn so 50 to 75 percent of the calories that you burn every day you're burning through your, your resting metabolic rate, which basically is like sleeping, you know, just hanging out, the work that you do. Like this is not including the thermic effect of food. This is not including, you know, deliberate exercise. This is not including, you know, non-exercise activities. Um, you know, this is, this is just being alive, right? Um, you know, we do know that the more you think, if you have a very intense uh, intellectual job or you're doing intellectual things, you're going to burn more calories because your brain needs a lot of calories to function. Okay, so as we spend our our calories here, like I said, about 50 to 70 percent, the bulk of your calories spent are just spent on being alive. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the thermic effect of food that makes up about five to ten percent, uh, and that's just like digestion, the breakdown of food, you know, things like that. If uh, and I do want to say that's that's varies, you know, from person to person. Like I said, if you're eating a higher protein diet, and maybe you're eating protein and fat, you know, it, it might equal out to about ten percent at the end of the day. But if you're eating a really high protein day, you know, twenty percent or greater. Um, of your calorie burn might be coming from that TEF, the thermic effect of food. Um, and then, so right there, you know, you're at between 55 and 80% of your daily calorie burn. And then you can kind of break up the last, you know, 20% or so of your daily caloric burn, your expenditure on, I'll talk about this one first. Um, they call it NEAT, which is non-exercise activities uh, thermogenesis and that's like uh, like you're fidgeting like right now I'm I'm standing in the grass I'm standing in the sunshine it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm kind of stepping from side to side I'm talking with my hands I'm I'm fidgeting okay and that's what neat is is kind of those fidgets when you're sitting at your desk working if that's the type of job you you have and you're kind of you know you're you're fucking with something with your hands or you're kind of 
tapping your feet, you're kind of twisting and turning a little bit. Okay, that's that's neat. That's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that's just keeping yourself moving, um, which is actually really dramatic. Um, there were some studies done in the mid-90s that actually showed that you could burn up to a thousand more calories per day thousand more calories per day so that would bring that from you know just making up a little bit of your daily expenditure to making up a pretty good bulk of your daily calorie expenditure so um, take notice of how you fidget um, if you can unconsciously or subconsciously train yourself to fidget a little bit more than you do you're gonna benefit uh, it's gonna help you to decrease your body fat um, uh, there was one study uh, and I'm I'm probably gonna fuck it up but anyways i'll try to find it and put it in the show notes there's a study where they they had participants eat like a thousand more calories per day than you know what they should have been and what they found is you know most people put on a good bit of weight a thousand calories a day um over what you're supposed to be eating um you know they, they should have they should have gained quite a bit of weight about was it 3500 calories i believe is a pound of fat and so they should have gained about two pounds per week something of that nature um but some of the participants <clears throat> they gained exactly as much as they thought they would some participants gained less than that and other participants barely gained any weight at all through this i want to say it was a six-week study if i'm remembering right and what they found is the people who gained less weight they fidgeted more and the people who hardly gained any weight they fidgeted a lot like unconsciously they weren't trying you know they didn't change any other part of their life they weren't exercising deliberately they were just kind of fidgeting doing like these little you know these little movements with their body just throughout the day you know maybe staying a little bit more active on purpose or on accident and so that's that's what neat is right there non-exercise activities and so if there's a way that you can increase that in your daily life then you're gonna you're gonna benefit pretty good and then i'm gonna spend a little bit of time on this one because this one uh is very important to me near and dear obviously as a personal and a group trainer um exercise purposeful exercise it's not included in your daily activity or your daily step count you know if you're aiming for a certain step count um you know that generally actually falls in your your rmr you know that 50 to 70 percent of your daily activity but exercise like when you set aside an hour or so to exercise and focus on yourself that's what this is talking about and again this can make up you know 10 percent normally 10 percent or less of your daily calorie burn is from your daily exercise now there's a lot of nuances here that i will get into unlike the nutritional stuff that I'll let Kate get a lot deeper into but for exercise a lot of the nuances are the type of exercise you're doing okay so obviously certain types of exercise burn more calories while you're doing them like high intensity interval training um, stuff like that burns a a lot of calories while you're doing the exercise and also increases your calorie burn for the rest of the day um, another nuance is that doing exercise pretty much of any kind for the most part most people uh, normally have a, a decreased appetite after they exercise and so that's a pretty big positive to exercise right there is just the not needing or wanting to eat uh, and generally if you are hungry after an exercise you are you're looking for something healthy your body's asking for nutrients not calories right um, and then the big one that i'm a really big fan of is your muscle building type exercises when you're using weights you know you're really developing your muscles your type 2 muscle fibers your type 1 muscle fibers you're really just rounding your musculature you're using some type of resistance and that can be your own body can be the resistance as well because when you build muscle what you do is obviously you're gonna burn some calories while you're doing it but as you build muscle your RMR those the bulk of the calories that you spend and use every day which like I said translates to body fat if you have an excess of calories you're going to gain weight um, so it increases your resting metabolic rate the bulk of the calories that you spend on a daily basis is going to go up if you have more muscle mass so the more muscle mass you have the more calories you need just to be alive okay I don't know if I really touched on that as much 
as uh, as everybody needs to to know about that but basically it's fucking important to move your body you need to move your body all day every day except for when you're sleeping you need to sleep good so that you're getting quality sleep your brain is working and you're also burning calories while you sleep but you need to exercise deliberately don't just <clears throat> don't just wing it you know have a plan um, like at Energy Fitness Studio, we offer a multitude of classes every single day where you can get both your kind of like your your easy workout through like a yoga flow where you're working on some core, you know, your stability kind of flowing through nice and light. It's a really good starting place. You know, your body is the resistance and your mind, of course. And then, you know, we offer high intensity classes where it's just your body weight. We offer high intensity classes where you're swinging heavy kettlebells or light kettlebells and you're using dumbbells <clears throat> excuse me there's a lot of different ways that you can train your body and and what is important is that you do all of them um, if you're tired or you're sore instead of doing the high intensity workout or doing the resistance training workout where you're you know really breaking apart muscles so that you can rebuild it and you know, increase your fat burn and your muscle size and strength and, you know, bone density and whatnot. Choose a yoga flow or a hot yoga or, um, you know, something, something different, something that's going to keep you moving, keep you on track so that you don't fall off the wagon, right? There's, there really is a lot that goes into that. Um, and then the last one that I just want to touch on super quick, because as you guys know, I'm, I'm really big into thought, really big into mindfulness and meditation. And, there's a little extra hack that you can do here. Um, you can kind of play with the placebo effect. This, this is just extra that you can do. So if you, so you know that a donut is bad for you. You know that your morning frappuccino is not good for you. You know that. And so what happens when you consume that morning donut or frappe? You feel guilt. You feel shame. Okay, there's this guy named uh, Tom, Tommy Johnny, Johnny Jr. Sorry, he's uh, you know the son of Tommy John. That's what it is, Tommy John. Tommy John, the guy that got the first Tommy John surgery. Um, Tommy John Jr. is an author, and um, I think he's a practicing chiropractor as well. And he talks about this concept he has of a sad salad is, or I'm sorry, a happy donut is better than a sad salad. Um, and what he's talking about is the mindset there. If you're going to eat a salad and it, you hate it and it's disgusting and you just you feel like you're forcing yourself, uh, the energy in that is is going to correlate um, to doing the same thing to you as the donut would do. Um, especially if you eat the donut, instead of being guilty and shameful about eating the donut, you're actually happy and excited about the donut. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I get to eat a donut. So there's a lot, there's a lot of mindfulness that goes into this and I just want to say like you can't just eat fucking donuts <laughs> happily for your whole life and be healthy at a certain extent um, you know the calories in the calories out the type of calories you're consuming the way in which you're spending your calories um, they do matter more than the happy donut versus the sad salad especially on a cellular level and like actual you know health beyond appearance uh, and they normally correlate but uh, at a certain point you can have a decently fit body but not actually be healthy on the inside and you know be dead at 50 so um, just to talk for a second on the placebo effect it, it really is a big deal it's hard to do on yourself especially if you're a pretty intellectual person if you're if you're kind of ignorant it's a little bit easier sometimes I wish that I didn't think so analytically that way I could you know trick myself a little bit with the placebo effect because um, there's some really cool studies on it there's a really great book by Dr. Joe Dispenza called the placebo effect and I highly recommend that book talks about quite a few of these things like um, just the power of your own mind and the power of belief and there's another great book that I talk about a lot called um Oh, fuck. Uh, I think it's called The Power of Belief. Or, um, anyways, it's by Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton. Um, or The Biology of Belief. That's the name of that book. And that also talks about the same thing. How your perception is actually what creates uh, the response inside the cell. So, your response and your perception is going to create who you are. So, if your perception of the way you live is garbage, then you're 
your cells are going to resonate garbage. You're going to be garbage. Uh, once you start changing that thought process, it's going to change a lot. Like uh, they've done a lot of studies where like 85% of the population is allergic to poison ivy if they know they've been rubbed or touched or come in contact with poison ivy. Funny thing is, is that in studies where um, they rub people with a maple leaf and then tell them it was poison ivy, they'll get the same exact response as they would have if it was poison ivy and vice versa. They'll rub people with poison ivy and tell them it was a maple leaf and then the people won't have any response at all. Um, they've done the same thing with, uh, they did the same thing with creatine and steroids um, at one point where they told people they were giving them steroids and they were probably giving them like saline injections um, and these, so these people thought that they were on anabolic steroids and they actually got the same type of benefit. Um, they built muscle, you know, increased bone density, uh, you know, lost fat, you know, the same thing that a cyclosteroids would do to somebody they actually got, but they were, you know, on, you know, water or saline or, you know, some shit that was actually not steroids. It's the same thing with creatine and, and the same thing. People were taking a placebo, but they thought it was creatine. You know, they had the same type of effect as people who were taking creatine and knew they were taking creatine. So, and also people who I believe in the study that were taking um, the placebo and were told it was creatine had the same response to people who were taking creatine but didn't know it. And the people, oh no, I'm sorry, I just fucked that up, guys. That's my bad. It was the way I said it the first time. People who were taking creatine and knew it got the benefit. People who were taking the placebo but thought it was creatine were getting the benefit. People who were taking creatine but thought it was a placebo did not get as much benefit as the people taking creatine or the ones that thought they were taking creatine. They still did get a benefit, just proving a little bit that creatine is actually um, very important and useful. Um, and then, of course, the placebo group that knew they were getting a placebo, you know, they got nothing out of it. So uh, they've also done like a bunch of surgeries, like fake surgeries, um, like removing the, they talk about this, I think, in Joe Dispenza's book, The Placebo Effect, um, doing these fake surgeries where people would have a, a large tumor in their body somewhere and they would actually put them under as if they were going to do the surgery. And then they would put a fake scar you know, fake wound where they had said they were going to go in. And then when the person comes back, they tell them, oh, it's successful, blah, 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 tumor's gone. Um, and then they'd have them come in for their checkups, just like they would if they'd actually done the surgery. And when they come back, you know, the tumor, because now the person believes the tumor's gone and they're healthy, the tumor shrinks and shrinks and shrinks over time and very quickly dissolves and is gone. And that's all because of perception. So, Change the way you think, and that's going to help you a lot. That's going to help you a lot on this. So think of calories as money. Everyone's budget is a little different, and so are our expenses. The way the money's earned and the way that we spend it is going to vary. So be persistent in your journey, okay? Just don't get tangled up in, like, so I'm going to give you a couple other things that are going to, are going to bother you about counting your calories but it is important people say like calories in calories out um and as simple as that statement is um that pretty well sums it up obviously there's a ton of nuances in the amount of calories that are burned you know what's stored in what way what's used in what way but if you don't know what your budget is um and you have no idea how you're spending that budget you're just you know you're just taking in and putting out you know you're it's very easy for you to end up either fat or bankrupt and right that's basically how how easy this is so if you think of it like money um you know you, you basically need a general idea of how much you're bringing in and how much you're spending and in this case it's the opposite of money whereas in you want more money and to spend less so that you can save some for better things but it doesn't work quite like that not in today's world you don't want a bunch of storage you don't want little bank deposits all over your body you don't want those curves and lumps that doesn't it doesn't serve you anything especially when it comes to self-worth so you don't want that you actually want to try to be spending as much as you're bringing in on a daily basis if you can so you need a general idea it's very difficult to touch all the nuances and 
get yourself in a spot where you're exactly calorie in and exactly calorie out because even as your body composition changes, the amount of calories you're gonna burn on a daily basis is gonna be different. <laughs> Another way that this becomes difficult is that when you look at nutrition labels, nutrition labels can be up to 20% off. Yeah, so uh, I said I was gonna make it more complicated for you. And this is why you just have to have a general idea. General idea, okay, I, you know, I think I need whatever, look, look it up kind of find a spot for yourself you know I'm burning this many calories a day I need to make or bring in about this many calories a day um, when you throw in the thermic effect of food um, which could make up you know 10 to 30 percent of your intake per day and then you combine that with you know the 20 percent off that your nutrition label might be you're kind of leveled back out okay so don't like dwell on it too much things level themselves out it's just the nature of the nature of the beast here so when you are coming up with your budget you're trying to figure out how much how many calories you're actually spending and using on a daily basis i also want you to know and i know this is going to hurt some people that work out at the studio because everyone looks at their watches i even ask people how many calories they burn in exercise sometimes if they got i'm not gonna name a brand but any brand watch or you know wearable that shows you the calories you burn Ah, unfortunately, there's been quite a few studies, and I'm sorry guys, that show that they can be off, like normally they're overestimations between 20 and 90% overestimations of the calories burned during an exercise. In particular, they're pretty decent as far as like your RMR, your BMR goes, you know, they're not too far off. but when it comes to the actual exercise, they're normally, there's normally a pretty bad indicator. So if you just assume that you burned about 50% less calories than the watch or the thing says you did in that class, that's probably a pretty safe spot right there. Um, yeah, so remember that your RMR is about 50 to 70%, about five to 10% just in digesting your food and then you need to get your deliberate exercise, your non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, you know, kind of fidgeting, talking with your hands. Try to do it subconsciously so that you're not actually taking up space in your brain that you could be thinking and doing other things. Like this is additional, like this is additional to what you're already doing. You're tapping your foot, you're kind of bouncing a little bit maybe, you know, if you, if you pay attention wherever you work, kind of pay attention to the people that you work around and notice who's the most fidgety and generally, the most fidgety people are going to be thinner, um, no matter what they eat, because they're burning a lot more calories. Okay, um, let's talk about weighing yourself, since we're talking about fat loss. A lot of people want to weigh themselves a lot, and um, what I've noticed a lot, and I think that there's scientific data to back me up on this, the more people worry about what the scale says, those people more generally fall off the wagon much faster because those fluctuations they bother them they make them feel like what they're doing isn't working and it discourages them and so my advice on the scale is because you know people do want to weigh themselves and i i weigh myself occasionally just not because i really don't care what the scale says for me personally but when people are tracking their journey generally they do track their weight um, because it can be a good indication of something working or not working obviously what you see in the mirror is going to be the best reflection pun intended of what's working and what is not working okay so i really rely on before and after pictures things of that sort instead of the scale but if you are going to weigh yourself this is what i suggest weigh yourself at the same time Every time that you weigh yourself, if you're going to weigh yourself every single day, weigh yourself at the same exact time. If you're going to weigh yourself every morning, weigh yourself every morning and in the same way that you did the day before. So I do suggest weighing yourself on an empty stomach. You know, if you, if you're a morning dumper, do that, you know, go to the bathroom, you know, do it, do it naked. I do suggest also doing it naked, you, you know, clothes weigh different amounts. And if you're going to worry about little fluctuations then you need to eliminate all of the potential variables as possible okay so weigh yourself every single day same time after emptying your bowels 
do it naked and then you can write it down and track it and throughout the week you are going to see fluctuations you're going to do not get discouraged because on monday you weighed 140 pounds and on fucking saturday you weigh five pounds more than that don't don't worry about that there's a lot that goes into that if you eat a good bit of carbohydrates your body's going to hold on to more water right that's why people who do um like keto or something of that nature where they cut carbs really low or completely eliminate carbohydrates they lose a lot of weight in the beginning which subsequently helps people stay on the wagon um so because then they don't see those ups the ups and downs on the scale they mostly just see downs and you also see that water weight come off rather quickly um in the mirror as well so some inflammation goes away you know blah 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 um so and i'm not recommending a keto diet um i i do personally think that in the long run um it's not a great idea i think it's a good kind of cycling way to eat um and i don't even like the word diet um, in particular at all for me um, i do think that you should try different things as you're starting your journey and so the word diet uh, just means like a lifestyle right it's like your your regular consumption um and so you should change the way you eat periodically. You should try to get eat in season. Find what works for you, what actually works for you, not just like, you know, the easy way, you know, like swinging through a fast food joint or something like that and going, oh, this works for me because I don't have to cook breakfast. No, don't, you know, don't be a lazy fuck. Find what works for your body in, a, in an efficient and happy way. Um, so basically, eat better not less right just eating less calories isn't going to make you healthier so that you can lose the weight a calorie deficit or a restriction in your calories is for sure gonna you know lead to weight loss but again that's weight loss you're gonna lose muscle you're gonna lose bone density um, you know you're gonna lose some fat as well but in this journey you don't want to lose muscle or bone density you just want to lose fat that's all you want to increase your bone strength and density you want to increase your muscle size strength functionality and you want to decrease body fat so to do that you need to eat better not less better okay and again that's gonna it's gonna be a mirror of what works for you the way i eat does not work for everybody and i don't expect it to um i do think for me personally and people that I've worked with and me and Caitlin I've worked with on nutrition, specifically the nutrition side of it, people do a lot better if they have a protein goal. Um, my advice on that is to take what you weigh. Let's just say you weigh 100 pounds. Uh, you want to hit between 0.6 and 0.8 grams of protein per pound you weigh every single day. Um, so you know that's 60 to 80 grams of protein for per day for me i weigh about 200 and that's why i do weigh myself once in a while is just to kind of double check on how much i'm weighing so that i can hit the right protein amount um so that's you know 160 grams of protein a day roughly um so for me i am for about two pounds of meat per day generally that'll get me pretty fucking close um to my allow allowance or my goal um, and what we've noticed is people who get the protein goal, if that's their number one priority, that we're not making them focus on their carb intake or their fat intake or anything else, they can still eat the things they want to eat, just hit a protein goal. That in itself is normally a great shift in somebody's uh, you know, daily nutritional intake, their lifestyle. And it also supplements the exercise. So you're getting all those amino acids to rebuild the muscle that you're breaking down, which like I said, it consequently is going to bring up your metabolic rate in the end anyways. So and again, we'll dive deeper into the nutrients and stuff like that in a later episode with Kate, because um, there's a lot of nuances there. And I'll, I'll kind of touch on a couple things later on that can help you burn a couple extra calories. But um, main point, hit that protein goal. Like I said, between 0.6 and 0.8 grams per pound you weigh. And remember about 30-ish percent of those calories are used in digestion, okay? So, and your nutrition label is also off about 20%. So there's some nuances there but i wouldn't worry about it i just like throwing it out there because i think it's kind of humorous um yeah so so basically eat better not less 
Um, you know, keep yourself accountable. Exercise on purpose every day. Like I said, if you're sore or tired, go for a hike, do some yoga, qigong, um, you know, some, some type of movement, some active recovery like that. Um, learn to subconsciously move more. Just be more, be more active. Uh, like the, the, the whole neat concept. Uh, fidget when you can in a way that you don't look like a crackhead or feel like a crackhead. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to like touch more on exercise real quick. Exercise is, it's literally the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, even if you're going to eat like trash, exercise is still going to benefit you. It might not benefit you in a way where you lose fat, but it is going to... Almost dropped my mic right there, guys. Uh, it's going to increase your bone density and your bone strength. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna improve um, your blood sugar response. It's gonna improve your you know, your insulin resistance. It's going to uh, decrease inflammation. It's gonna decrease stress. Um, you know, your your muscle size and strength and functionality is going to go higher. It's going to be better. I'm sorry. Your satiety, your satiety will increase. You know, you won't be as hungry as often. You'll actually start craving more nutritious foods. Um, there's just so many things that are involved with just exercising. Like your de your depression, anxiety, like those things will diminish like more than any pill more than any drug any treatment that you can get exercise is like the only thing that we know you know movement daily deliberate exercise that can improve your life for free now i want you to come to energy fitness studio and i want you to work out with me but you don't have to you can work out on your own for free Okay, so take advantage of that. Like, you have to pay for the food you eat. Generally, you have to pay more for better food. But you can exercise, and that is going to help. Now, you combine all those things together. You exercise deliberately. You stay active throughout the day. You you learn to talk with your hands and fidget just a little bit. You know, kind of, it's just staying more active on top of the already staying active. It's not going to tire you out. I promise you that. It's actually going to stimulate your mind a little bit more. That's why people who talk with their hands, they can be so much more animated in, in a way that their conversation is more fun and draws you in. They're being a little bit more intellectual than people that just stand there all sturdy and have their conversation like that. So, um... Yeah, and then eat, just eat better. Eat better, eat better foods, eat more deliberately, eat for the nutrition and for the energy, not, you know, not for pleasure. You know, I do believe in, in indulging in life's pleasures, but I do not believe in indulging every single day. There's, I feel like there's a lot of, oh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, trying to word this in a, in a way that's not offensive to anybody basically i believe that you should delay gratification once in a while i.e maybe not eating breakfast or instead of eating your typical breakfast you ben greenfield says this you eat the frog you eat the frog first that means doing the thing that you don't want to do you know you do the hard thing first right that's what i say you do the hard thing first that's why i do my ice plunge at 5 a.m or sometimes before why because i don't fucking want to do it you do the hard thing first you get it out of the way it makes it easy to do the other things right so in the morning instead of you know giving yourself exactly what you want hitting all those pleasure sensors by getting a frappe or whatever don't do that drink a black coffee and you know maybe eat some i don't know plain greek yogurt or something you know whatever works for you but something with a with a good protein um, profile to it let's talk about what diminishes our ability to burn fat what makes us less efficient right if we're on a journey to burn fat build muscle be the best version of ourselves possible um, not only do we need to do all the things i just talked about but we need to pay attention to the things that are diminishing the effects of the hard work we're putting in and I know that a lot of you are putting in a lot of hard work so number one is stress uh, you hear this all the fucking time I talk about hormones a ton in my book rewilding the modern man I talk about cortisol which is not to be fully demonized you need cortisol in fact it's a very important hormone the problem that we have today and why it gets demonized so often is that 
cortisol should be high when you wake up and it should start to go down as your day goes on and when you go to bed it should be really low but we live in such a stressful environment that cortisol is high all day and cortisol is one of those hormones that puts you in fight or flight which means that your body foregoes longevity for the sake of surviving right now and if you're in that state all the time then what's going to happen is you aren't your body's not going to be absorbing your food properly you're not going to get good digestion your body's going to send a lot of that food to fat storage your body's especially once all your your glycogen is full a lot of that's going because you're living a sedentary life blah blah, blah. well that's going to go into fat storage okay so that's a problem how can we eliminate or lower our stress levels well, it's easy. Like I said in the beginning, I am, you know, it's it's afternoon now. I'm standing in the sunshine, barefoot, as naked as I can be. I do have neighbors, so I can't be completely naked. But I'm just standing here in the sun, grounded, and I'm fidgeting as well. Um, grounding itself, you can re you can go back to the episode on grounding slash earthings uh, quite a few episodes ago. Um, we talk about all the ways that just Putting your bare skin on the earth, all the ways that that decreases stress. And it does a lot. And if you've ever done this, it's had a really stressful day at work. You come home, just take your socks and shoes off and put them in the grass. It just feels so good. And that, that relaxation that you feel is literally your stress level going down. Uh, another way is by having adequate vitamin D levels. You don't get hardly any vitamin D from the food you eat, not the bioavailable kind. Most of your body synthesizes it from sunshine, do do do. And if you aren't in the sun, then you can't have optimal levels of vitamin D. So having a little bit of a tan, especially if you're a white dude like I am, it actually is beneficial to you. Um, and I can attest and just and you can reach back to the sunshine episode as well where we talk about this but um, I'm of Northern Irish Scottish descent um, I used to burn very heavily in the Sun so I was fearful of the Sun like I said it's it's actually 1237 right now I'm standing in the midday Sun granted it's September but I also do this all summer long because I eat in a way that is good for me and my biology I don't burn anymore I just don't I could be out in the worst sun as everyone's like oh don't be in the sun between like 11 and 3 it's so harmful Blah. that's the time i am in the sun and i feel great i really do i really do got great vitamin d levels astonishing okay so there's two things you can do right there to really help eliminate stress is ground and get your ass in the sun um there's a lot that goes into that right like certain stressors you can't eliminate you can't eliminate the need to pay bills um you can't eliminate you know all the people in your life you can't there's just some things you can't do right you can you can do your best to try to limit them and limit your exposure to those things but all in all they're still going to be there so the way that you handle that stress is going to be better exercising lowers your stress level it gives you a place to put some of those difficult emotions right i've seen people ball their eyes out in yoga classes i've seen people ball their eyes off out swinging the fuck out of some kettlebells i have personally cried after beating the fuck out of a of a heavy bag emotions need to flow through us and if they don't flow through you you know a lot of that manifests into stress in one way or another you know worry anxiety depression you know just low-level bullshit that you don't want to deal with because like I said those things influence the way that you're able to burn calories and store fat and such um, the second thing that diminishes our ability to burn fat I kinda uh, I think is boredom and I don't think it diminishes the way in which you're able to burn calories and store fat but I mean it diminishes our effectiveness in losing fat um, we, you know, we're a very pack-like or tribe-like tribe -like species. We like to eat together. We like to drink together. We like to, you know, there, there's no celebration in our culture that, that, you know, there's not food is the center, right? We eat. We eat as a community. Um, 
and that's just something that we do and so that's not boredom but what that is is that just speaks to our communal um, style of living and I, I heard um, I think it was Lane Norton and maybe Andrew Huberman talking about this um, quite a while ago on a podcast they were talking about how people um, like when you're restructuring your life um, one of the things you need to do is is to evaluate the way you spend your time like your communal time is if all of your communal time is based around eating um, and most of the time that is not good food that you're eating like very seldomly um, Kate and I do and that's just because we've been doing this for a while but very seldom do most people meet up and eat hearty good healthy food with friends and family right um, I don't imagine that a lot of you listening right now are having liver and heart shish kebabs with, you know, all beef regenerative grass-fed and raised uh, hot dogs with no buns and, you know, the, the whole sort there. But so that's that's a big part of that. Um, so you can either change what you eat at those communal gatherings um, or you can just, you know, start to learn why you eat and when you eat, you know, um, that's a, that was a, a really difficult thing for Caitlin and I to do was initially was to not eat the same thing everyone else is eating at, at the gather, at the um, gatherings. Normally it's, you know, there's pizza, there's sweets, there's, you know, fried chicken, you know, whatever. And normally not food that's really good for you. And you're not eating it out of necessity. You're eating it out of the communal experience, right? So limiting or not doing that at all um, can be difficult. And, but that's something that you want to, uh, you, you want to acknowledge and start to understand about yourself. And like I, like I said, I'm going to go to the boredom part. Um, you know, a lot of people sit down on the couch at the end of their day and they're bored and they turn on some TV or something. They're not using their time to move. And then while they're sitting there bored, they eat something. They're mindlessly snacking. Okay. So be mindful about when you eat, why you eat and what you eat. Um, when you're eating out of boredom or like these communal activities you're not eating for satiety or nutrition um, it's for fun or maybe even boredom um, and another thing that makes it hard for people to burn fat and lose weight lose fat I think is kind of boils down to the psychology uh, behind emptiness and this is something that Kate uh, mentioned to me the other day when we were just talking and and it, it struck me um, because I think you can all think of someone in your life who feels empty and they fill that emptiness with food um, maybe some sort of substance maybe some activity they fill the emptiness with something that's not beneficial to them uh, it becomes a coping mechanism you know blah 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 the whole deal so um, what do I recommend right we talked about the main ways you you get calories you burn calories now there's like a I don't know 10 ish percent extra gap you can kind of access these little hacks cheat codes uh, you know things that can help elevate your fat loss journey and I just want to say before we go into these extra things that one it varies a lot from individual to individual okay also this cannot be your primary way of trying to lose fat this has got to be additional okay everybody got that this is like this is extra credit points okay you still have to do the homework so that you can access the extra credit okay so you can time your meals right people are doing this a lot with fasting again very personal up to you what works with you time your nutrients you know um, the old thing used to be to time your nutrient intake around your workouts where you you know a couple hours before you have a workout you get a good protein dense hydrating meal in your belly and then you do the same thing immediately after you work out now that's not entirely necessary but you can like i said just a little bit of a hack there to help with you know muscle protein synthesis and recovery and things like that it's not going to help a lot okay i just i really want to stress because i don't want people just doing all the cheat codes and not doing the other stuff because that's really what matters um there's a lot of supplementation that you can you can do as well um 
the biggest supplementation that I actually do recommend besides like caffeine and, and, you know, like I talk about, um, turmeric from time to time and ashwagandha, um, you know, talk about some mushrooms here and there. Um, those aren't so much besides the caffeine and like capsaicin, um, turmeric even can help a little bit with burning some extra calories. It's not a lot, but I do recommend creatine and essential amino acids if you don't eat a pretty heavy animal-based diet with, you know, red meats, healthy meats that have a lot of creatine and essential amino acids, not branch chain, but essential. These are the ones your body needs to get from an outside source. That's why they're essential. So you can take essential amino acids, you can take creatine. Um, there's actually been some pretty com compelling information coming from uh, Ben Greenfield on if you're doing a super low calorie restricted diet maybe for a couple days maybe you're fasting even you're trying to do like a three five day fast something of that nature supplementing with essential amino acids while you're doing that can help you maintain your muscle mass and strength and durability while doing your fast which is important um, especially if you're someone who likes to I have a friend of mine that'll do like three day fast or five day fast you know once a month or so and what they've started doing is implementing, you know, that information, taking essential amino acids and creatine because there are no calories in that. I told you earlier, you know, about 50% of the protein you eat, um, you know, you, when, I'm, I'm sorry, not 50%. If you eat 10 grams of protein, your body gets five grams of amino acids. That's what your body actually wants are the amino acids, right? There's other nutrients generally in those foods too, but your body wants the amino acids. About 30% of it is lost in digestion. So you're getting, you know, if you're taking 100 grams of protein, you're getting 50 grams of essential amino acids. If you're taking just an EAA, then the work has been done. It's basically been pre-digested so your body doesn't have to spend calories or effort on it. So when you're taking those, there's no calorie to it, if you understand that. Um, creatine is the same way. Your body doesn't have to do any additional work to break it down. It's there. It's ready. It goes where it needs to go. Um, caffeine is another thing you can supplement with. Um, I recommend cycling on and off, maybe doing like, I do the same thing with ashwagandha and cinnamon. I actually normally do them together. I'll do cinnamon, ashwagandha, and cayenne in my coffee first thing in the morning. I try to stage it about half hour to an hour before my ice plunge, which is another biohack you can do to burn a few extra calories. Again, not a ton. It can't be your primary source of calorie burn, okay? But caffeine will help you burn more calories um, as long as you don't use it so much where it doesn't have an effect, which is why I say I cycle on and off. Do two weeks or so on caffeine, on coffee with the ashwagandha, cayenne, and cinnamon, and then take at least a week off. You can drink decaf if you want. A lot of times I'll drink cacao, which has theobromine instead of, it does have a little caffeine, but the theobromine actually works like caffeine similar way different transmitter and so you do that you can still get a little bit of an energy boost but it's not the same as caffeine also has a little bit of a thermogenic response as well um, especially if you do put some cayenne in there i cycle on and off of ashwagandha as well because if you use it for more than a couple weeks at a time you get diminishing results and um, you know eventually it's just not worth it so cycle on and off same thing with cinnamon same thing with the spicy stuff as well eating stuff like capsaicin, um, which is what's the spicy chemical that's in your peppers and things like that, will help you to burn more fat and more calories throughout the day. You can also do things like cycling carbohydrates, like maybe, maybe on Fridays you have 100 grams of calories, maybe every other day you have 20, you know, it just whatever. You can do fasted cardio. Again, it's not a ton more calories. This is just a little extra boost and it depends on the type of cardio you're doing, the intensity, your mindset. There's so many variables, but you can do fasted cardios. Um, you know, the high intensity training style or the the hit training um, that burns more calories throughout the day. Again, not substantial, but worth noting. Um, I've trained and worked with a lot of different bodybuilders and they're like they will literally do everything they can to burn every extra calorie possible and if you drink cold like ice cold water instead of lukewarm or warm water 
you'll burn an extra like 5-10 calories a day. Okay, that's not a lot, all right? But that's just an additional little extra thing you can do. Um, and if you're really trying to trim down, then you know, you might be willing to try all the things. I do recommend obviously getting more active, exercising deliberately every day, eating better foods and you know, uh, adjusting your kind of fidget, okay? Um, you can also supplement in the middle of your workout, what they call intra-workout nutrition, where you can drink amino acids and things like that that will help you gain more muscle, which in the end will make you burn more calories. Um, and then quality sleep. This isn't really a hack. This is just something you should be focused on no matter what anyways. Um, proper rest and recovery, prioritizing your sleep, getting your active recovery, um, rest days. And when I say rest day, just like I said, I mean active recovery. I don't mean like hitting the weights hard again and hurting yourself. Um, I mean actively recovering. You do things like that and it's just going to make everything come together more beautifully. I want everybody to know, like, that's what like I, I give these hacks and ideas, um, but I really keep stressing that you focus on the important things, the bulk of the calorie burn first, better foods, things of that nature, and that's because of a couple things. One, rapid weight loss. It's uns it's unsustainable, and there are health risks health risks that come with the rapid weight loss. Okay, a lot of people who lose a lot of weight really quickly they put it back on too. So this is about sustainability. You change, you change. I don't know if you guys just heard the, my duck over there took a giant shit like right next to me, <laughs> but I wonder if I can edit that out. Um, anyways, uh, it's not sustainable. A lot of people that, you know, they go from say 600 pounds um, and then instead of losing the weight the hard way, you know, the, the real way, um, they lose it through surgery or something like that. And most of those people put that weight back on and it's not because they don't want to be healthier it's because they didn't actually re rewire their brain they didn't change their habits their lifestyle their their diet you know they didn't change all the things that got them where they were in the first place and so they end up normally back in that same place uh, same goes for people who actually do put in the work but they only put in the work for like three or four months they lose a ton of weight but because for some people it takes a lot longer than three or four months to actually change their life, okay? So I want you to be diligent when you're on your fat loss journey. I want you to understand that it's not gonna happen overnight and you shouldn't want it to. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in God. I'm a huge lover of God. I have a lot of faith. Anyone who takes my fitness classes, they know. I normally end talking about God um, and faith and things like that. And I normally have some songs in my playlist that really glorify God because that's who I am. And you know, one of the things that I've learned from the Bible and from those studies is that um, in order to gain you know, wisdom and you know, truth and the heroic journey, there has to be some hard work involved you have to be disciplined you have to be faithful and you know above all you have to have the love for why you're doing it and so as you start or continue your fat loss journey or get back on your fat loss journey make sure that you know why you're doing it and you have to have a really big why a why that transcends the easy access to crappy food and to crappy choices and then you're going to need to put in the work. You're going to need to go back to that why very often. You're going to have to continue to put in the hard work every single day. And you're going to have to see it through. That's part of why I say don't check the scale every single day. Because if you do that, there's a really good chance that you're going to throw yourself off the wagon. Because one week you lost 20 pounds, which you probably didn't. Maybe one week you lost 5 pounds and the next week you gained it back. Okay? You gotta stick to it. Consistency is always going to be the key. And I'm gonna wrap it up right there. Just a little over an hour. Thank you guys for tuning in again today. I hope that you got something from this episode. And also don't forget to subscribe, like, share. You can even comment if you have any questions on any of this. Please feel free to reach out to me you can reach out to me on instagram at the underscore tranquil underscore 
warrior or you can reach out to caitlin who is my wife and a fantastic holistic holistic nutritionist and you can also find her at katie's underscore sweet on instagram thank you again everybody for joining me today and have a good motherfucking day don't forget to help your fellow health and fitness junkies support this show by sharing it with all your friends liking the show giving it that good old five star rating of course a follow as well here and on social media give us some likes i don't know where you're listening to us from but give us an, a like and a subscribe where you're at right there you can leave some comments too if you feel like it also feel free to reach out with any questions to myself trenton sweet or caitlin my co-host or whoever was our guest in today's episode which if you look in the show notes you should be able to find information regarding contact information for whoever it was that we interviewed and spoke with in this episode today so additionally you can support the show by supporting any of our sponsors we are sponsored by the studio the books we're also sponsored by the old road farm a local regenerative beautiful farm the practices they they can't be done a better way and i really urge you to check out that farm reach out to carice tressel who is the owner of that farm she's also a naturopathic doctor she's super intelligent super loving she really gives a fuck about you about me about our children and about the land also about the animals so check her out you can find her i believe she was episode number three in the podcast or four she was very early on in the beginning and we're likely to have her on again soon so definitely check her out like i said you can support us by supporting them as well uh, that being said the energy fitness podcast is sponsored by the book sales of awakening the tranquil warrior and rewilding the modern man as well as your participation at energy fitness studio in washington pennsylvania if you would like to be on the show you know somebody else who could be on the show someone really cool that you think it'd be fun to hear us interview let us know thanks again for listening and don't forget to share the show with all your peeps